Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm your host, Elizabeth Dawson, and um, today I wanted to kind of bring up the book again, uh, which is, you know, Wealth by Design. It's what uh, I wrote a year and a half ago and, and got published last year, and um, it's been it's been an incredible inspiration. It's actually what started the show here. Uh, it started our radio show. It started uh, so many different uh, things that people have wanted to know more information about what we have to say. And it's this very simple approach. And if you are a fast reader, you can read it sitting down within an hour or less. Um, if you want to hear basically the meat and potatoes of all this and you want to hear me speak to you even more, not just through this show, you can actually get it on um, an audible version so that you can actually have me speak it to you if you like. And I know um, if you're anything like me, we're always busy. It's hard for us to sit down and actually read a book unless for me, I write books on planes and I read them on planes. So it, there's, a, there's definitely a correlation there. Uh, but what I want to talk to you about is, is in the book, it's, it's chapter eight and it's uh, income planning and pension income. So, so what is income planning? Most people I talk to today, they all feel that they have a plan, but when they're actually um, asked to uh, explain what their plan is and, and we look at the difference between you know right now um, and uh, what they're going to need to live on when they get there, uh, and then ultimately when they decide to retire, what does that money look like? So um, something we talk about in our practice is something called an income for life report. And we try to do this for clients that are you know, approaching retirement in 10, 15 years. Uh, we do this for our clients that are within you know, five years, uh, within one year, or they are actually retired now. And uh, what is this retirement um, you know, income for life report all about? Well, it shows you whether um, you know, you're still working or when you actually have a situation where you're going to, um, you know, you're married and you're trying to see what does income look like for the both of you while you're in your retirement years? And what do I have to do to be serious about saying I want to retire um, and I want to move forward? Uh, so, so first things that we want to measure are, are, you know, what is your guaranteed income at retirement? What does that look like? That's the most important part. Um, everyone thinks that they're so focused on what the stock market's doing for them. And yes, the stock market has been doing very well for, for quite some time now. Um, we need to kind of look back at that and say, okay, can we can we depend on the the interest that we're earning from the stock market returns, or do we have to start looking at now for the income conversation a, a guaranteed stream of income? Um, I don't know about you, but I like money coming in each and every month that I don't have to think about residual income, whatever we want it to be. It could be passive income from real estate, um, doesn't matter to me. So, so what we want to do is we want to map out right now what does income look like today. What does income look like the day that you retire? And how much money are you going to have based on your current financial position? Um, and then we ask the big questions. What does it look like if one of you dies before the other? Well, most people don't know, but there's a 54% loss of income when one spouse dies. That's the average in the United States. I don't know about you, but I don't think I could live off of 54% less income if my spouse predeceased me, nor could he. So what do we do to fill those gaps? So chapter eight talks a lot about these gaps and talks a lot about, about how to put that income piece together. But it's looking at, okay, if I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna retire at 62, I don't have to wait until I'm 66 and a half or 67 to, to take my full age of social security retirement. It may be in your best interest to do that, especially if you're still trying to work a little bit along the way. Um, or we look at, gosh, does it make sense for me to take it at age 70? Or, oh boy, you know, do we get into the conversation about Social Security that it might just not be there for us? Well, anything is possible that it might not be there for you one day. 
We hope it doesn't happen, and I can't imagine anyone getting elected to any kind of office saying that they're not going to have Social Security, but that would be one of our sources of having a guaranteed resource of income. So we look at that. Now, just so you know, um, if one of you predeceases the other, the surviving spouse, if you are married, would get the higher of the two and the lower of the two would fall off. That's where a big chunk of your um, Social Security benefit or your income reduction starts. Now let's see if you have a pension. Do you have a pension? What does it look like? I've worked with people that say, I want my full pension, my spouse you know, doesn't need it, and uh, I want more. It might only be $1,000 or $2,000 more per year, but they want the higher amount. Well, talking about this conversation is this. We are guaranteed to die one day. It's never the conversation that people want to talk about, but we need to see that you know, if we're both going to have Social Security while we're living, great. Pension. What does the average pension look like out there? We are in a community that there's quite a few pensions still that exist here in San Diego County. I work with people all over the country, and there's certain parts of the country that have more pensions than others. Well, what does that pension look like if they start to take it? And uh, let's just say as an example, it's $80,000 per year. Well, what happens if one of the spouses dies? You know, let's say it's the, the pension receiving person. Um, let's say they die and now only, you know, 40,000 goes to the surviving spouse. Well, not only did they lose one of the social securities, but they also lost half the pension. You know, we have to start measuring these things. You know, how do we create these guaranteed streams of income? And we might want to have the conversation there of saying, okay, what would it look like if you had 100% going to your spouse and 100% going to you? It might be a dip in your pay, but doesn't make sense. We've got to ask these questions. Um, the other part might be that you might have rental property income, you know, um, or business income that's going to come to you residually for the rest of your life or maybe for the next 5, 10, 15 years until you decide what you want to do with that, that uh, piece of real estate. A lot of people I know when they get into retirement, they don't want to own real estate and work so hard on it anymore. And then I have people that have real estate and they love it. They're going to die with having a bunch of real estate. Well, whatever the equation is for you, it's measuring what that income looks like for you. Guaranteed resources are what you have to look at because stock market can be very volatile. You know, um, there's been rules about the stock market. You know, having the five percent rule that I can take a five percent, um, you know, interest to uh, dip, um, distribution to myself, or a four percent or a three percent. Well, all of those have failed. The failure rate is enormous. And if you want to get more information about that, um, come to one of our classes, Retirement 101. We have a few coming up. Uh, we'll go into this in great detail, but the other part of it is too that the safe withdrawal rate is is what we call the prudent person uh, rule, or or um, you know even what the treasury, um, the government treasury will give you. Uh, we've been using a range between 2.18 percent and 2.88 percent as a income distribution. So so think about this. Let's say you worked really hard to amass your million dollars, and that's the number that you think is your bucket of money that you need to have for retirement. Well, if you go into the treasury bond or the treasury note and you're at a rate of, let's say, 2.5%, you know, are you a $25,000 income heir or are you a millionaire? We have to look at these things because, again, back in the bank, you know, what can you get in a CD today and can it be liquid for you? Uh, measuring what all your income resources are going to be is really, really powerful. And it's where we need to put more um, 
knowledge education and emphasis on talking to you know true financial advisors that are that are more of a fiduciary and a fiduciary is someone that works in the best interest of you the consumer so if you're talking to just one agent out there and they're very singular to what they can offer you they're not necessarily a fiduciary they may have been working in the fiduciary capacity because a fiduciary capacity is really in the best interest of the consumer. And it's really based on your goals and it's being very comprehensive. So um, again, don't just go buy something that's a singular approach. Go get the advice so that you can actually have um, more value to expect from, from the overall experience. So measure you know, what your income is gonna be while you're both alive. Measure what it would look like when you might both die. And then where does the income have to come from to fill those gaps? Is it life insurance? Is it other assets that you have in the marketplace? Is it hoping that someone's gonna give you money? I hope not, but we have to think about those things. So if you're interested in an Income for Life report, by all means, reach out to us, 619-640-2622. Um, if you give us the information that we need, we'll be happy to help you create that Income for Life report so you can actually see it, you can actually grow from it, and um, you'll know what to expect versus thinking you have a plan and you really didn't have one at all. So get professional help. All right. Stay tuned. We're going to have an incredible guest. Um, he is a, he's a best-selling author and a great friend of mine. He's in the financial services industry for over 25 years. This is Mr. Barry Dyke, and uh, we are honored and privileged to have him Skyped in now um, from the East Coast. So it's a little bit later for him, but it's a little earlier for us. And we're, we're just so thrilled to have him here as part of our show. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and you're listening to our show and watching our show, Ways to Love Your Money. I have a, a, an amazing guest on the show, as, as you kind of heard from, from the last segment, that uh, I'm so glad that you are um, tuned in and you're going to basically get a lot of education. This is something that's right here, right now. And, um, you know, as we speak today when we're filming this show, um, uh, we've even had some turbulence in the marketplace. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to invite a very dear friend of mine, Mr. Barry Dyke. Um, and he is he is here, Skyped in from the East Coast, and uh, we couldn't be more grateful to have him as a part of our guest show. Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's always good to see you. And uh, uh, yeah, we had quite the uh, turbulence in the market today, uh, but I think we're going to see more to come. And eventually it will be coming. Um, sure. Um, sure. You know. I know we talk about this crystal ball that we all wish we had. We don't know the exact day it's going to come, but we, you know, everyone, everyone's been speculating this for quite some time. But um, we just don't know what day it's going to actually fall on. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know when. Only God knows when. But there, there will be, <laughs> there will be tribulations, as they say in the Bible. You know, and and, and that this will happen. Um, yes. You know, it's a because uh, it, it's it's really always gets down to the simplest thing. Sometimes it's about the debt. Mm -hmm. And you know we, you know, debt. We have too much debt on a fam, on a family, or an individual, or a corporation, or in a government. Eventually, um, the piper uh, comes due, and eventually we have to pay a price. Sure. But, um, sure. You know, so some of that, you know, is uh, a lot of this is is kind of financial gymnastics today. But um, you know, so I'm really worried more about the debt more so than the market. Okay, well, I mean, sometimes I'll look at the debt clock, the national debt clock, and you can even see the international debt clock, and it's amazing how fast it goes up. People don't even realize what's happening every day, especially with um, government debt, consumer debt, you name it. So, yeah. so what are your biggest concerns about that? I know we've talked about the prime market in the past, and um, 
you know, even even the pension crisis that we think is going to happen in the future. So, so uh, how how do people protect themselves if, about what's about to happen? Well, this has been my concern, you know, for a number of years, Elizabeth. Um, you know, really about protecting the individual investor because the way the system rigged now is that all the the uh, investment risk, if you will, um, has all been shifted on to the uh, individual investor, uh, which is to me it, it's a criminal. But this is how it works. Okay. Now, years ago, um, I don't know what your folks did, but uh, uh, my folks, they, they, you know, they, you know, they get pensions and so forth. And my mm -hmm. father worked for a large insurance company, and so they essentially guaranteed to me uh, an annuity for him and my mom when he passed away. Okay. And so, all, all the investment risk has actually been shouldered onto the individual investor today, and people don't even know this. They're in these target date funds and other funds, whatever. And there's no guarantee. So what has really happened is that there's no accountability from these large asset managers. And, um, and unless they speak to someone like you, there's really no way to protect right. people because right. they're, you know, they're, they're brainwashed by the system. Well, I'm glad that you brought up target date funds because the average person that's listening to this show doesn't even know what that is. Uh, I'd love for you to elaborate on that, uh, but it's what's in most 403Bs or 401Ks or um, other retirement accounts that people have today. And they think that if they pick that number, that's going to get them to retirement. It's not. It's just not so. It's a total illusion. It essentially, mm -hmm. was, uh, there was put into a law, if you will, it was in, uh, with the Pension Protection Act of 2006, where the... Um, uh, the, the Fidelity in particular and other uh, mutual fund companies that lobbied to get a, a default investment for 401ks. Essentially, if the employer picked this investment, they, they would get the legal um, uh, blessings of the government. So sure. if the yeah. if the employer chose it, they couldn't get sued. And and uh, but there was no guarantees whatsoever. But to make a long story short, the Pension Protection Act, which was just another airlines bailout bill, approved uh, target date funds. And so um, the average target date fund in 2008, uh, uh, Elizabeth lost 30%. And most of them really still haven't recovered. And they're so okay. complex. I mean, I, I think a, it'd be easier to explain a nuclear submarine, but this is, <laughs> this, is, this is what's going on today. So people really need guidance and really the truth because no one knows what the market's going to do. Right. Uh, we, we just don't know. Well, I think um, even to elaborate on that a little bit more, you know, when it comes to these retirement accounts that people have and they think that they have a plan and as long as they're putting money into it, they feel like it's growing and it's getting bigger and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's maturing even to a higher amount. But uh, just like anything else, you know, cost fees, expenses and overall risk ratio. Um, if, if you're choosing a, a target date fund that has a, a 2025 date to it or a 2035. I mean, uh, we're all thinking by the time we get there, it's kind of like what's even happened in the um, uh, 529 plans for, for college savings. You know, they have these kind of target <laughs> dates for when they're going to get there. And um, it, it is, I mean, I know you laugh about it because it's, it's so, it's it's total, so absurd. Total, total, total crap. Yeah. You know, and I'll say it because we just don't know. Yeah. And, and essentially through uh, legal plunder or lobbying plunder, they've essentially been able to essentially uh, I, don't, I don't know how you put it, but uh, essentially you're playing God. They, they don't know. No one yeah. knows. So what but do we they, what do we they, tell the consumer today then? What do we tell them? Well, the, the good thing would be to read. And by the way, people can go to my website, barryjames.com. They want to get the books. And you know some of my books. You've yes. ordered them in the past. But yep. uh, people just need to be informed. And they're not informed today. Yeah. Um, and, and then the hypocrisy. It's just it's it's so amazing, Elizabeth. Um uh, and, and I think we discussed it last time I saw you. The hypocrisy is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because what you see now is a lot of these companies are, are de-risking with um, 
with guaranteed price like annuities. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the truth is that the companies like General Motors can't, can't manage their own pension plans, so they went to a life company to manage their right. investments. I mean, uh, there's been so, Bristol Myers Squibb this past December just such a offloaded their whole entire retirement plan. Um, this is, you know, Fortune 50 company. Mm -hmm. They went to insurance company, Molson Coors. It, it goes on and on and on. Um, and so, you know, but my point is, is that, so the, the retail guy, the little guy, your client and my client, mm -hmm. I'm really kind of looking up for them. But, uh, uh, but because the, uh, but, but because the, the, the media is really controlled by the asset managers, the truth really doesn't get out too much. Sure. And you know, bringing up pensions, which I think is so interesting, we talk about this a lot with, with the show, with our with our clients and things of this nature. And um, pensions in general are very profitable for these pension companies to manage. But yes, with longevity tables going out, with uh, the new uh, what they call CSO tables for people out there, um, it's basically the census information about uh, how long people might live. Uh, they did a new uh, new census in 2017, and that those numbers are going to come out at the end of this year. Uh, the expectations of, uh, of us living a very long, healthy life, they're there. Uh, we have to take care of ourselves, of course, but uh, the average consumer is going to live far into their 90s and, you know, the age of 100 and going forward, that demographic is getting even bigger. So that's really where these pension companies are having such problems uh, because they were expecting their, you know, their employee to die when they were in their early 80s, if not sooner. And they can't continue to manage to pay you know their debt really. They can't imagine. They can't manage to pay the income that was promised to their employees. So that's really where these insurance companies are coming involved and um, turning you know the pensions into guaranteed pensions through insurance companies, which is probably naturally where it should be. But we have some issues at hand. Well, yeah. Well, the old days, just the, the big companies, because they see you know the best pensions are run like life insurance companies. And um, the thing is, is that I'll give you an example. The best pension plans in the world. Uh, are run by the Dutch. Uh, now the Dutch, they use a uh, very low assumed interest rates or uh, uh, a discount rate. They use three and a half percent interest okay. rate, which is actually pretty much the way it should an insurance company runs. Sure. Now the thing is, is that now you're in California, so you have two two of the largest pensions in the United States. Of course. You have Calpers and you have Calsters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now they're all using a 7.6 percent average rate of return. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm getting it. Yeah. They're wouldn't that be great? It. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be great if we could get that consistently every year without fearing that we'd have a down market ever? Yeah. But, but they don't get it. Now, yeah. there's a good friend of mine, Steve Church. You, you can go to piscataclearesearch.com. He's a good friend of mine. He's an actor. He used to work for um, uh, Wilshire Shows. He's in Los Angeles. He lives out here now. But he's done a study on pension plans, which are really the state uh, retirement plans, which are the largest pools of uh, uh, of, of, of essentially retirement assets in the world. Um, he did a study essentially sh showing that they, <laughs> you're never going to believe this, Elizabeth, but 30-year uh, returns pretty much um, on pension plans pretty much mirror 30-year treasuries. So yeah. if you, he, he went back and studied the data to 2000 because there really isn't any credible data before that. Mm -hmm. And he studied that a 30-year treasury at that time was getting about 5.7, 5 5.79% you know, back then, right. but the average right. pension plan, he did like 70% of them only got like 5.7. So right out of the gate, the 2% off. Okay. Sure. Now there's another actuarial firm up in, uh, I think it's Marina Del Rey or Cliffwater Associates who essentially did a similar study, essentially said the same thing. And so, um, so there's a big, big uh, 
problem with these equity returns. They're just, they're just not going to see it. Now, like today, people got clobbered, and it, and to get back up, it's going to be very difficult. So mm -hmm. these high rates shown by to the retail investor are really totally the fiction. I mean, right. Uh, right. And, and I don't know if you ever saw the other guy, Ray Dalio. Sure. He runs Bridge, Bridgewater Associates. And he speaks about income inequality and all that stuff now. But mm -hmm. uh, he said uh, on his interview with CBS, he said, you know, really, for equities, you're really going to probably get all range returns are going to be around 4%. Mm -hmm. so, so he runs $160 billion, So I'd rather listen to an actuary <laughs> or someone like run $160 billion of money right. than some mutual fund company gives you a mountain chart and uh, all this other nonsense. But uh, <laughs> the retail investor doesn't have a, you know, he's <laughs> doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a prayer. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's listens, there's listeners out there right now and people watching the show that are those, those average consumers that do have a pension and they're, they're putting so much heart and hope into what, what they've been promised. But I mean, there's going to be a risk. I mean, you mentioned the PBGC, um, I've seen actually even locally the PBGC getting involved in some of the local pensions here, and uh, they're offering far less than uh, um, what the what the company's pension says is that we're going to they were going to do because once they once they get to a place of let's say being you know at fifty percent or sixty percent of not being um, you know in an underfunded liability of their pension, uh, that means that benefits are going to get cut. Uh, I actually had a couple teachers in my one retirement class a couple weeks ago, and um, they even told me, they said, yeah, we, we have actually been getting letters saying that they want to reduce, you know, our monthly benefit. And they're nervous about that. They're trying to figure it out. And most people can't go back to work in their 70s or 80s if uh, their pension gets cut by 50% or more. Yeah, and that's, you know, this is why, uh, I mean, it's, to me, it's just not about the, you know, about the making money, whatever, which we all have to do. But sure. it's really, to me, it's a moral issue. And um, I'm so I'm, I'm grateful that I'm on your as a guest because these things are they're real. If you talk to people who really know what you're talking about, it's a very, very big problem. Yeah. And as you know, I've kind of, I have a pretty good re uh, reputation with some, you know, pretty good authorities. Sure. Um, but sure. It, it's difficult because you really doesn't get on the mainstream media. Um, yeah, for instance, like the the collapse of and the financial engineering going on right now today is just incredible. Um, I don't know. If, do you have hostess? You remember Twinkies? And, yes, um, I do. Ho hos and all that stuff. Uh huh. Well, you know, you talk about California and, uh, and crazy financial engineering. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that was went through two uh, bankruptcies. They went bankrupt, right. I think, around latest around 12, 2012, whatever. Right. Anyhow, two private equity firms. Uh, after they dumped the 18,000 people onto the PBGC, and it's just a mess. Wow. Um, the, uh, you know, there was two private equity firms, um, uh, Apollo Global Management, and then Dean Metropolis, who was the guy who owned Pap Blue Ribbon Beer, mm -hmm. uh, bought bought the company out, out of bankruptcy, walked away from the pension uh, obligations, and then they leveraged the uh, the company for like a billion dollars in debt and pulled out 900 million dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is the type of thing. And essentially all this stuff has been dumped on the PBGC. Yeah. Someone else um, is so going to have to deal with it. And uh, quite honestly, when the government comes back in and, you know, they offer something from the PBGC, they don't necessarily offer uh, very much, you know, percentage on the dollar that they were promised. And like you said, they've just been dumped there. Yeah. And, and, the, fu and the funny thing is, is the, um, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, so... One of the things I worry about when they say, I'm, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help you. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work. So, uh, you know, like uh, annuity, 
or, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a free contract amongst free people, and they work. I mean, nothing's perfect. I mean, one of the largest failures of uh, a life company of all time was uh, First Executive. You, you probably don't remember them, Elizabeth. I do. And, uh, I do remember them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that was run by Freddie Meyer, who got all his junk bonds from uh, Mike Milken. They're uh -huh. up in Los Angeles there. And, uh, you know, they, they backed up that company. But um, as bad as that was, not one person lost a, a single dime uh, in, in the company. Now, it, it was a mess, okay, but uh, you, we can't say that with, you know, with investments. And, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm a capitalist. I, lo I love investments. I mean, but, the, um, but really, people need to really get back to the basics. I agree. I agree. Um, so, so when uh, people are kind of hearing this, maybe some of this information for the first time, they haven't heard somebody talk about it so kind of raw. Uh, yeah. You know, to give people peace of mind, I mean, obviously, they know that they can call in and we can talk to them about it, but uh, what type of perspective would you actually tell them to start looking at? Would you tell them to talk to their HR, to the pension company itself, um, uh, where to start looking at things? Yeah. What would you suggest with your infinite you know, wisdom? No, because I used to own a pension consulting business, okay, and I sold it to an insurance company in 89. Okay. Um, and I really would tell them to go to see someone like you because... You really got to be in this market for a long time and, and really know the ins and outs and not just look at just the retirement plans of the whole person. But because the uh, you can do so much uh, when you really love and care people, which I know you do. And uh, I'll give you a great example. This is a true story. And this woman, she's passed and she was a client of mine for 15 years. Um, and she, her husband was a major obstetrician and he died of cancer, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And they had roughly about $2 million in fidelity investment. And um, then they had lost, this is back in the dot-com meltdown, mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Yep. And they yep. lost, um, uh, oh, they spent, they took out 300000 But then anyway, to make a long story short, the, the $2 million account, by the time I got to it, was $1.2 They lost four hundred grand oh, on the dot-com meltdown. Okay. Now... What I did is that I, um, uh, we essentially, this is you know 15 years ago, we I essentially uh, set up three annuities for and some life insurance and so forth, and um, I actually compared the model. Um, and now she died about, about about 60 days ago, but in any event, she was a wonderful client, and uh, I gave her like 83,000, 82,000 dollars a year for like 15, 16 years. Uh, I gave her back. Um, uh, six close to six hundred thousand dollars in the IRA, which is still left over. I gave her back her family back. It was actually it went to three children, another three hundred thousand life insurance proceeds, and um, and uh, and then um, make a long story short, all the numbers that were add up. She gave me one point two million, and after uh, fifteen years, I gave back the family two point five million in, in economic benefits. Well, isn't that um, isn't that amazing? Because it's again, I mean, we talk about it in the book I wrote, and I know you talk about this in your books as well. You know, the the economic value of a life insurance contract that's a permanent life insurance contract that you know is going to pay out when the time comes. It's an asset. It's truly a tool to be able to use to fill a gap. And um, sometimes when you have to recover from a major downfall in the marketplace. You know, again, from 2000 to 2002, how long did it take people to recover? It took them a long time. And, uh, and most people just didn't recover because they started taking distributions out. Sounds like your, your client needed to take distributions out too, but you created a whole different kind of economics for her and for her family. And you did it yeah, based off of great tools. 
you know, and the whole thing is I'm a, I'm a registered investment advisor. I manage money for people. Yep. And so what I did, and uh, there's a, I have a friend of mine, he shared some software with me in Indiana. Uh-huh. And we, you know, we put it, you know, we ran the scenario, but we kept it in an S&P, uh-huh. um, you know, like common wisdom, like sure. you know, Jack Bogle, you know, uh, Warren Buffett wisdom. Okay. And the whole thing, is, and, and I did it in this, this greatest bull market of all time by, by um, essentially the, the client was ahead by three, 400,000, even we kept in the market. Wow. Now, you know, this woman was 70. She had just gone through breast cancer. Yeah. Um, she lived, you know, she lived a great life. But my point is that the, the, you cannot underestimate the, the value of guarantees. You can't. Um, but the media really doesn't pay attention to that. So, oh, no. Um, oh, no. They want to say bad things about those things. But that's kind of Wall Street. And I know you even talk about it. You know, Wall Street as a big bully. Um, you know, we got to fight back the big bully. And I ask the question all the time, how well do you own, you know, understand Wall Street? And, and most people say they really don't, but that's where they have everything that they've ever worked so hard for. Um, I know you and I can talk all day long, Barry, and I love our conversations because, uh, you know, I know we, um, when we get to spend time together, it's, it's actually, you know, a refreshing um, experience for me because the truth needs to be out there and uh, I think we could pass so much more to people that deserve that knowledge and that education. So I want to say thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm, I would love to have you back on the show because I just think you have incredible insight that people need to hear. Um, tell us a little bit on our way out, um, your show that you have, uh, The Economic Warrior. Well, I've had that, and it's been great. But to be honest with you, I had to put on a hiatus, uh, Elizabeth, because it, it took out so much time to, to prepare. And... Um, um, so, uh, I'm actually growing the business right now and, okay. uh, I love doing it. Um, but the, some of the, and I'm, and I was really blessed. I was getting some very, you know, I was getting economists and uh-huh. uh, celebrities uh-huh. like Jay Leno and a lot of authors and uh, a lot of, but it was just taking me too much time. And so sure. I'd love to get it back to doing it again, but, uh, I'm in the process of growing this business. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, yeah, but people can go to my website, uh, sure www.barryjamesdyke.com. They go go on the economic uh, uh, warrior tab. Yes. And they should download the. And, and I have some great guys, guys like Ted Bennett, the guy who actually invented the 401k. Elizabeth. Oh wow. wow. You and I were kind of on the same. You, Ted, and I were kind of on the same page on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy who you know who essentially invented the, the bloody uh, thing. Wow. And he's kind of created a monster. Yes. Uh, but there's a lot of good people out there. Who, who are willing to tell the truth? They just they just don't get the airplay because right. you know it's all about advertising and revenue, and the life life industry doesn't really do that much. But it's very difficult to compete with the asset managers. But the problem is, is that you get say four asset managers: you get Fidelity, um, State Street, Vanguard, and um, BlackRock. They have 16, 17 trillion of the um, yeah. uh, qualified plan assets, but they have actually no fiduciary responsibility to maintain people's um, principle, which to me is wrong, but. Well, that's why, that's why I try to educate people about looking for a fiduciary that's truly a fiduciary, which is an investment advisor and that they're looking out for the comprehensive well-being and benefit of their client, not just something that they're trying to make money on. So um, again, yeah, there's so much more we can even talk about. I'd love to have you back on the show. I hope that you will be back on the show and um, it's just a joy to have you and um, just such a great resource of incredible knowledge and education and uh, 
just information and, you know, even experience. So thanks, Barry. We are so glad that you've been on the show. Again, what an honor to have such an incredible man, um, a complete influencer, uh, a gentleman, and someone that is so highly respected in the financial services industry. Uh, again, we brought up something called a fiduciary. A fiduciary, as I've sh shared with you on the show before, is someone that's actually doing comprehensive work for you in the best interest of you. Uh, not necessarily the bottom line of a particular company that they are aligned to only do business with. So look out for that comprehensive financial advisor that looks at every financial decision that you're making in your life. Um, again, we want to say thank you um, to Barry. We'd love to have him back on the show just because he's an incredible resource of what is happening now, and especially with the market volatility that we are we are having this week um, based on certain agreements that are happening out there in our world. Uh, we just want to be better prepared because we love it when the market's going up, but boy, we do not like it when it goes down, and we don't like our balance statements to go down either. So uh, take care. Um, stay tuned for our next episodes to come in the future. Uh, we're so glad that you're fans of the show as it is. So uh, again, um, the passion is to have a better relationship with money. And that's why Ways to Love Your Money is such a uh, direct um, piece of information that I want to make sure people are getting that knowledge and education that they deserve. So thanks again. Talk to you soon. Hi, it's Elizabeth. I just wanted to mention to you, we love your feedback and understand how you're feeling about the show. Are we giving you the content that you want to hear? Is there something that you might have a question about? If you've got a question, please don't keep it a secret. You know, email us at questions with an S at Elizabeth with an S Dawson.com. We'd love to know what you have to um, ask us and, and give you some feedback back so that you have some knowledge to, to move forward and be more successful. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.